Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to History Untapped. My name is John Jacob Stephen Michael Smith. As a producer of this show, it is my job to inform you that this show contains explicit content and is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. This is History Untapped, where we're just four guys who like to drink, research some history, and talk a bunch of shit. Think of us as four guys having fun, being buds, and just talking about shit they like. Here we go. And we have John, Michael, and Jacob. Yeah, I'm back. I'm going to stay here the whole episode this time. <laughs> okay. So. Hopefully the internet doesn't fuck off again. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, we are going to be drinking, so there's also going to be a lot of curse words and some mature material, so listener discretion is advised, especially... If you have small children listening, we would uh, suggest maybe not having them listen on on this one or any future ones. You listen to it first and then decide if you want your children listening. All right. So today we're talking about the life of Admiral Richard Evelyn Byrd, the first man to explore both of the North and South Poles by aircraft and is one of the most famous American explorers. Uh, He also has a girl's name as his middle name. So... This is some boy named Sue shit right here. Uh, he didn't like that middle name, and he's like, fuck you, I'm going to go be Indiana Jones before Indiana Jones. As the direct descendant of such famous people as Pocahontas and John Rolfe, William Byrd III, who was the founder of Richmond, Virginia, Robert King Carter, who was the colonel governor, and his famous brother, one of which was a Virginia governor, and the other a U.S. senator. Richard Byrd was going to have to work hard to make himself stand out from his family. Damn, yeah, that's a... Uh, big shoes oh, right there. That's a lot to live up to. That's a lot of yeah. fucking people. Seriously? Well, there, there were yeah. more in there that I, I didn't want to add because then it just becomes, you know, like like the beginning of the it's, Bible when it's, it's like... like I was just going to say, it's like just the Bible like, Genesis, like, yeah. Adam begot so and so who begot so who begot, and so who exactly begot. and after you know like three paragraphs you're like oh, oh all right why can't we just go back to like the the viking days when it's like i am Hammermind, son of hammer glowing <laughs> wow <laughs> sort of like that yeah <laughs> Growing up in a famous and wealthy family definitely has its perks, though, and he was very well connected with other famous and wealthy families that would end up being immensely helpful to his endeavors in the future. One of these famous people that Byrd was friends with as a young man was Edsel Ford, who just so happened to be the son of Henry Ford, the founder of the Ford Motor Company. This motherfucker can read. You guys are fired. I'm out. Bye. Yeah. Not you, though. They're no, fired. Said, you you can stay. Oh, 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 Jacob I'm, and I I'm, are stuck at like a second grade reading level. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. When he was old enough, Bird joined the Virginia Military Institute for two years before transferring to the University of Virginia. He was unable to afford tuition and ended up joining the United States Naval Academy, where he was placed on a ship as a midshipman, uh, the lowest rank uh, for an officer in the Navy. Makes sense. You know, back then, it's like the whole work your way through college and shit like that it fucking didn't work out. So it's like, oh, fuck it. I'll just join the military. So it seemed to work out for him, though. I mean, you get the—he went in as an officer, though, so that's better than going in as 
you know, it's a regular, right. regular like fucking grunt. Yeah. Right. And so in, in 1912, Bird graduated from the academy after which he was given a small promotion and placed on the USS Wyoming. In the two years he served on the ship, he was given a letter of commendation and a silver life-saving medal for diving off the ship in uniform to rescue crew members who had fallen overboard on two separate occasions. He was then transferred to an armored gunboat called the USS Washington for a few months during the American intervention in Mexico. So what year was this? 1912. 19- yeah, can you imagine? They probably wore a lot of shit. Could you imagine him trying to strip down? How are these people just falling overboard? Yeah, what are you what are you doing? Like to fall <laughs> like, how overboard. Does that just happened. Who fucking just falls overboard? <laughs> Evidently those dudes in nineteen. Apparently just what if it was the same, what if it was the the same guy's guy. got the mop and he's not paying it's attention the same to dude. <laughs> the hell? He actually fell over a third time. They just didn't go get him. <laughs> yeah, he was <laughs> he like, you know what? Like, get two. Yeah, that's it. it. Like <laughs> Three strikes, you're out, buddy. Sorry. Three strikes, you're out. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Should have learned to swim by then. Like, I mean... Should have learned to stay on the boat. <laughs> you joined the Navy. Come on. You should not swim. True. Yeah, quit going to the edge. Are you trying to see the propellers? Something. Saw how that worked out in Titanic. That was not good. <laughs> that did not go well. <laughs> not go well for that guy. After a few months serving in Mexico, Bird was transferred to the USS Dolphin, which was a naval vessel converted to a to a yacht from for the Secretary of the Navy. This is this was an especially important station for Bird as it introduced him to some very important and powerful people, including Franklin Roosevelt, who was the assistant secretary of the Navy at the time. After a few months on the Dolphin, he was promoted to lieutenant and transferred to the USS Mayflower, which was the presidential yacht. You are really struggling with was. I was on that because was of John's is kicking your ass. <laughs> I hate you, you got all the, you got all the other words fine, but was is fucking you up today. <laughs> well, he stopped at yacht, and I was like, it's yacht. <laughs> it's, it's yacht. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but fucking imagine this: like you're on this, you join because you can't pay for college. Then you get yeah. transferred a couple times. You fucking dive into the ocean a couple times. Pull this fucking janitor out of the water a couple times, <laughs> and then all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, we're gonna send you over to this ship called the Dolphin." He's like, "Oh, cool. What's that?" And he goes, "Oh, it's a it's a gunboat. We turned into a yacht. The fucking the this guy gets, yeah, this." Guy, not even the president it's just for the secretary the assistant secretary oh that's true yeah. they're like the just the secretary like he has a, his own yacht how do you get that job <laughs> fuck sounds awesome when you're a sec nav you can have what you want <laughs> i mean i always assumed those dudes had to work on actual naval ships not a fucking yacht like <laughs> no have you ever seen the tv show jag yeah of course who didn't sec- watch Jag on fucking reruns in the early 2000s with their mom? Like, who didn't do that? Go away, Steven. <laughs> Anyways, like, you know. Go us, he Jacob. Had, he had, like, the easiest job in the world. I know he talks about Jag all the time, and I'm like, That's true. I've seen it. Jag <laughs> is awesome. Jag was the precursor to NCIS. Yep, that's what I was going to say. So Another show I do not watch, so there you go. I mean, well, I, hey. don't, I don't watch NCIS either, but when I love When I you love grow Jag. up in the country and you only have four channels on your TV, you watch Jag <laughs> and NCIS a lot, all right? <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I'm, I'm in the country now, and I got satellite fucking internet, so. All right, well, in 1999, that wasn't the thing. <laughs> <laughs> not for us, anyway. In the late 1900s. <laughs> Yeah, the turn of the century, uh, we didn't have have satellite satellite dishes, okay? We had rabbit ears. Also Uh, known as an antenna, boys and girls. Hey, yo. And they were fucking huge. They would hang off the side of your house or on top of your roof, like... What? Yeah, you didn't have one of this? They were humongous, man. No, we had the ones that we, like, set on our fucking TV. No, 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 no. We had the ones that looked like like weather vanes on top of your house. Yeah. 
Oh, I've yeah, seen were, those. Yeah. Never had they those. They were huge. It was like 15 feet. It would go up, and it was like a bunch of whole bunch There's of arrows. Literally one right over there, above the bus. Oh yeah, I see it now. Yeah, that was just sitting on top of my There's house. One outside of my window. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Look, I learned something completely new. And it's not even on topic. About that. There you go. Learning. Learning. That's what this podcast is about, guys. Yeah. It's why we topic do at hand. On March 15th, 1916, Bird was forced to retire from active service after injuring his ankle playing football and participating in gymnastics events. After he left the Mayflower, he was made an instructor and inspector at the Rhode Island Naval Militia. While he was instructing, he was commended by his superiors for drastically improving the efficiency of the militia. Pretty dope. He's already looking cool. good, man. But again, he's doing, like he's doing good things, you get to play football and participate in gymnastics while on the presidential yacht. <laughs> like that's shit they have for you as a worker. They're like, yeah, you want to do gymnastics? Like we got a room for that. I'm like sure. it's a fucking yacht when you're playing football. So I'm saying, yeah, we yeah, like we got a whole pitch, it's a right? Giant there, fucking man. yacht. Yeah, we got that's a four hundred yard football field over here. <laughs> fucking badass. I mean, that's... it was a you said naval vessel. Converted into oh, a yeah. yacht. So how big was it? Was it like a? There's, there's pictures. So um, you can look up the USS Mayflower on Google. Looks pretty fucking big. Uh, <laughs> well, wasn't got, it the dolphin? The dolphin was the one. No, the was... dolphin's where he went first. He ended up on the Mayflower, which is the big one. Yeah, it looks no. pretty oh, fucking. Oh damn! Big. No, it's huge. Yeah. yeah, it's it's got well, two huge sails and a fucking. It looks like steam powered, probably. Two hundred and seventy-five feet. It's pretty fucking big. It's a big one. That's long. Two hundred seventy-five feet. Yeah, I just looked up USS Dolphin, and obviously this is not the right thing because it's a submarine. Yeah, the, the Dolphin's a submarine. Well, yeah, because there's there's also a USS Mayflower submarine too. Uh, yeah, this is definitely all right. Too. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. There's also um, a USS Mayflower in Star Trek. So, in case yeah. you're wondering if that's what we're talking about, that's not it. It is not. <laughs> we're not here for you, Trekkies. Not yet. Not yet. That <laughs> thing had a fucking football field on it. Yeah, apparently. Apparently, I mean, enough to play football anyway. Like, I mean, it's it probably not a full size pitch, but I mean, it probably was, wasn't like a football field, but yeah, I mean, enough room to practice on the bridge or something, you know, somewhere up there. Yeah. Damn. Surprisingly, he fell off that thing. All right. That's probably <laughs> what happened. He went to go catch a pass and just like went overboard. Fell over and then <laughs> diving after him. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else was getting the silver life saving medal. When the United States joined World War One in April of 1917, Byrd was the man in charge of mobilizing the Rhode Island Naval Militia. Once that job was done, he was transferred to a desk job uh, in training in the training camp, in a training camp, something like that. Uh, <laughs> in 1918, he was transferred again, this time to a naval aviation school where he qualified as a naval aviator. Uh, he was then sent to Canada to compete manned the Naval Air Force in Halifax from July until the end of the war in November. But this is where shit kind of like gets real. Like he has to actually start training people for it's one thing to train people in like peacetime or little tiny, you know, interventions in Mexico or whatever, but where you're not really worried about anybody doing anything. But you know, World War One was a pretty big fucking deal. And the Air Force was obviously not really a thing. You know, we had some crappy biplanes that could, you know, drop smoke bombs on people or you know, grenades or whatever, like there wasn't much that the Air Force was really doing in World War One. Right. So pretty crazy. He was like, they were like, hey, man, uh, I know you don't know much about planes, but you're going to go and have to, like, train these people now 
Like, you passed the test. You're going to go train them now. Your time of football and gymnastics is over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> go learn how to fly one of these rickety pieces of shit and then teach other people teach how to fly people. rickety pieces of shit. <laughs> uh, once the war was over, Bird volunteered to join the Navy in making the first transatlantic flight in history. The Navy, however, decided that only members of the Navy that did not serve overseas could serve on the mission. This is probably due to the danger involved in the mission, and the Navy most likely didn't want to further endanger the lives of men who had already risked so much for their country. The Navy apparently considered Canada overseas, and Berg was declined from physically joining the mission. He was, however, asked to plan the flight path for the mission. Yeah, so he's like, I just want to fucking be part of history. And they're like, she went to Canada, so that's technically overseas. You went to a foreign country, and that was dangerous. So, so you're out. You're out. Wow. Like, wait, a, like, wait a minute. But you Thanks can for training us. everybody, but you went to Canada. You're out. Yeah, exactly. You're not, <laughs> Canada you're not must have been dangerous back then. Jeez. As it turns out, Bird was incredibly lucky to have been rejected from the mission. Only one of the three planes that set out on the mission made it safely across the ocean. Yikes. Yikes. So, but, so he's lucky not to be physically on the mission, but at the same time, did nobody blame him? They were like, hey, motherfucker, you planned this course. Like you, you, you made this happen. They're like, like you're the your, reason they went that way. Yeah. I love how they just breeze over that like that. Like, ooh, thank God he I wasn't mean, there because <laughs> a lot of shit did not go right. You know, but he's the one who planned it. Planned 33.333% it. of the mission made it safely. And the others did not. <laughs> and also, I don't know if you noticed, but clearly I can read because I read that pretty good. Wow. You got the whole two lines fucking. Wow. Spot Two on. Lines. Nailed yeah. them. I hate you. <laughs> that was definitely more better. Much more. As better. Jacob would say, that more was better. more better, guys. Uh, two years later, in 1921, Bird volunteered to fly solo across the Atlantic, but the Secretary of the Navy, Theodore Roosevelt Jr., told him no. Six years later, Charles Lindbergh would successfully complete the first solo transatlantic flight and become the biggest celebrity in America at the time. That probably chapped his ass. Yeah, could you imagine? Like, because that was <laughs> six years later, Lindbergh does it. Everyone's like, this dude blew the fuck up. I mean, he was yeah, the most famous yeah. person it in the world. So famous. That was when Lindbergh <laughs> flew Spirit of St. Louis, wasn't it? Yeah, he's like, oh, I have no idea. For, he's like six goddamn years. <laughs> <laughs> it's, he's just he's like, like Teddy Jr., you motherfucker. Plain name, Jacob. <laughs> I'm so angry. Yeah, you, I mean, you'd have to be so angry in that shit. <laughs> to make up for denying Bird a shot at the first solo transatlantic flight, uh, the Navy placed him on the dirigible ZR-2 project. Uh, uh, on the morning of August 24th, 1921, Bird missed his train, and the dirigible could not wait for him, so they left him behind. The aircraft blew up midair and killed 44 of the... Jesus, fuck! <laughs> of the 49 crew? Uh, Jesus. All right, yeah, they all died pretty much, and those other five dudes. Um, I bet yeah, they were not okay. Yeah, they're, they're probably <laughs> they... you know just eating and drinking out of straws from now on. Uh, many of the crew bo uh, on board had been close friends with Bird, who was uh, placed on the recovery and investigation team. After this event, safety became a major priority on bo Bird's mission. Yeah, yeah dude, that's two, so... he, he just dodged two bullets and two yeah, no huge bullets. Holy cow, <laughs> not literal bullets though. <laughs> well, okay, man, falling out of the sky essentially. <laughs> yeah, he's he's still just like yeah. I still want to fly. Oh, what a weird, Wait, what a weird connection. That? Think about it. His last name is Bird. Yeah, and he's fucking flying everything. Like, but he's like missed the two flights that so have far. Had serious yeah. consequences. 
He just wants to fly, guys. But then, like, after all of this, all of his friends on this mission die, and the the government is like, I mean, okay, they're like, you're gonna go in there and you're gonna you're gonna find them. Yep, it's gonna go to identify out. all of them, yeah. figure out what happened. Well, just maybe like, oh. maybe Bird is a hitman. Did you think about that? The two <laughs> flies that he did. Well, hey, hey, this went horribly fucking I wrong. I don't know if any of you guys know about the conspiracy about his life later on, but we are going to get into some conspiracy shit later on what? in this episode. He, so He was the world's first serial killer. Shocking. What? That's he not just, true. He, no, that's 100% saying, not true. You were saying that's not this true. This is the 1920s. That's not true. I know. I was, <laughs> I was, I was just saying because he killed so many people. I know he didn't physically kill them. Well, he might have. He might have been like, fuck the Yeah, guys. see, so they he was the world's first the, serial killer first, job, yeah, so shut the, the, the fuck first up. first flight, they sent three planes or whatever, and he's like, fuck these yeah. guys. They won't let me fly. He goes, you guys go this way. Go this yeah. way. It's 50 <laughs> miles longer. Go that way. So, world's first serial killer. Shut up, John. Okay, if you say so. Uh, in 1923, Bird and some other Navy volunteers from World War One founded the Naval Reserve Air Station, or NRAS, near Boston at an abandoned seaplane hangar. NRAS at Squanson was officially commissioned on August 15, 1923, and is widely considered the first naval air base in the Navy Reserve program. So building up the Navy Reserve, that's pretty fuck. that's going to be a big deal in World War II. So yeah. uh, this dude he's, is just, he's banging out first all over the place. Yeah, he's he's committed. For a serial killer. For a serial he's, killer, he's, <laughs> he's killing it. To cover up his tracks, he's going, he's going as far as he needs to go. He's not really a serial killer. I was just kidding. Uh, yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> that was a stab at you. Just so you know, Damn it's it. NRAS, not NRAS. Just so you know. Hey, whatever. I'm just I'm just reading it. <laughs> I'm gonna do cough syrup all the time. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. <laughs> just kidding. In 1926, Bird was able to convince his friend Edsel Ford, who is now president of the Ford Motor Company, to finance an expedition to the North Pole. On May 9th, 1926, Byrd and the Navy Chief Aviation Pilot Floyd Bennett left the airfield in Spitsbergen, Norway, and did not return for 15 hours and 57 minutes. 13 of those minutes were spent circling the North Pole. See, there was no big words in that, so it was easy for me to read. Well, you got Spitsbergen. That's pretty good. All right. That's pretty good. Yeah, I think I like that one. Not too shabby. You didn't miss a single one. Was never was in there, so I mean... That's why that's why it was like easy for me to read. Yeah. Nailed it. When Bird and Bennett returned to the United States, they became national heroes, and Congress awarded each of them with a promotion. Bird was promoted to commander and Bennett was promoted to warrant officer rank of uh, machinist. On top of their promotions, they were also awarded the Medal of Honor. On March fifth, nineteen twenty seven, President Calvin Coolidge presented the two men the Tiffany Cross Medal of Honor. I'm not gonna so, lie, there's... Machinist almost got me, guys. It did. You said uh before, oh. and I was like, uh oh. <laughs> uh, so there's two different types of uh, medals medals of honor basically there's the tiffany cross which is for like civilians that do important brave things and there's the regular you know like medal of honor for heroics and battle i didn't realize how many people have been awarded the medal of honor i thought it was like a very they make it seem like it's a really small number of people so i was thinking there was maybe like a hundred people no, 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 no. There's like thousands upon thousands of people who have won this. Not to like diminish their accomplishments. I'm just saying I thought it was a much smaller number of people that had been awarded this. Not the case. <laughs> <laughs> 
Later in 1958, fellow explorer and aviator, is it Burnt? Yep. He's not American, so he's got a different name, okay? Okay. All right. We'll say the last name. Not everyone has a name. Like Jacob or John or Michael or Stephen. Or Schmidt. Burnt Belchin. God, you're so good. Yeah, that's the name. That guy... Uh, they claimed that there was no way that bird could have reached the North Pole. He also claimed that Bennett had confided in a confided in him a few months after the original flight that he and Bird did not make it uh, all the way to the North Pole. Bennett died on April 25th, 1928, during a rescue mission in Greenland. Bennett wrote numerous articles and gave many interviews, uh, and he even started a memoir in which he maintained that he and Bird made it to the North Pole. So this is. Balkan Balchin guy, guy like, was, was he sounds like he's the fucking worst. He's like, those yeah. motherfuckers didn't make it. Well, like, but no, not know, to sound we'll like a dick, but that sounds like a like if that's not a villain name, what is? Burnt Balchin. Definitely is a villain name. Like he's no, a Bond character. Saying, I told you how I got through geography class, right? My geography lesson was literally like, all right. I'm going to go around the class. This is your test. I point to you. I'm going to give you a state, and you just have to tell me the capital. I only knew two freaking capitals. Did One you was get lucky. Denver of Colorado, and the other one was Augusta, Maine. And the guy right in front of me got di- uh, Colorado, and I was like, dick. And then she points at me, and she goes, Maine. And I went, Augusta, past that shit. <laughs> she was like, damn, he knows his shit. <laughs> she, that's literally the test sheet. She just asked each one of us one question. And she's like, wow. all right, everybody passed. I'm like, yeah, public public school system at its finest, everyone. That's crazy. <laughs> you got a you had a four percent chance of her being like one of these like of passing that and you've got fucking lucky yeah i got i got lucky <laughs> hence why i'm terrible with geography and history these days so jacob's not good at geography either we have that I'm good now yeah well now that you know where new zealand is we're good yep yeah i'm, I'm pretty solid now <laughs> that, that was the only puzzle piece that was missing in my geographical knowledge it was on the <laughs> wrong side of the hemisphere though where did you th- where did you think it was before I don't know, like, like close to England. Okay. Wow, look at the fucking, just like, Jesus Christ. They, dude, they can't even be mean. They, they, like, they literally are like, I don't even want to <laughs> insult that. That's... Yeah, it's just like, good for, good for him. He's, uh, yeah, well, Jesus. You know he's, what? You, he's you, still you alive. Gave, you gave a stab at it. I mean, at least... <laughs> now you know. Now at you least know. you knew that New Zealand was an actual place. True. It's fair, yeah, it's fair. Thanks, rugby. Yeah, I mean, it's where the hobbits live. So I, no, I was just with a kid who, who couldn't figure out why where Egypt was. He thought Egypt was Egypt. Yeah, it was like its own thing. Like it's Egypt. No, it's what continent is it in? Egypt. Egypt. <laughs> Egypt. Like mm. Africa, Whoa. buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> what? See, and even you knew that. Oh God, Jacob. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh damn! The fucking pyramids are in Africa, bro. Yeah. What? <laughs> You're over here shit talking this poor guy, and Jacob's like, <laughs> Jacob's on that guy's level. <laughs> Damn, dude. Oh god. I'll tell you what, I've learned like three things. It's not related to Mr. Bird here <laughs> on this podcast, and one of them just blew my fucking mind. By the way, this is not getting cut. How um, how old are you, Jacob? Much. Old enough. He's old, yeah, enough. old enough. God, how old are you? <laughs> Me? 25. 35? 25. Oh, okay. I was like, damn. You're the youngest out of all of us. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah, Michael's no longer the baby. Yeah. Yep. Nope. It's a me. (laughs) It's a me, Mario (laughs) Jacob. Dude, you were killing the accents. Holy shit. We're going to have to bring you in as, like, characters. (laughs) Michael? Yeah, Michael. He's murdering the accents. (laughs) 
You Can should do the oh Jesus, Mary and Joseph. <laughs> Let's get back on track here. Uh, here we go. <laughs> in 1927, with the support of the American Trans Ocean Company, Bird joined the race to cross the Atlantic and claim the Ortigue Prize of twenty-five thousand or four hundred thousand dollars in today's money. He began planning a non-stop flight from New York to Paris with Floyd Bennett. But during the training, Bennett and Bird were injured in a crash, with Bennett being severely injured. While Bennett was recovering and their plane was being repaired, Charles Lindbergh completed the flight and earned the prize. So fucking Lindbergh again. Lindbergh, he's just sneaking in. What a so, bastard. I have a conspiracy theory here. Another? Oh, let's hear it. So, you know how Charles Lindbergh's, like, child Maybe, got kidnapped? Yeah. Yep. It was Bird. Bird did it. Oh. He's like, this fucking Lindbergh guy keeps coming like in this, behind me and stealing my fuck. glory. I wonder if anybody ever looked at him for that shit. <laughs> right? Well, because like, think about it. Like he was he was an elite athlete with playing football and all this other shit. He dove in yeah. in full uniform, rescued this the dude was a, he was obviously very fit. He could handle himself. What? I think because what, what happened when case. the baby got stolen? It was it literally was the dude put a ladder on the house, climbed up to the second story, took the baby from the crib, back down the ladder with the baby, and then was just gone, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. The ladder, like, left the ladder. I mean, obviously, you're going to leave the ladder. I mean, you got to pick one, the ladder or the baby. I mean, could have put the baby on the ground. Yeah, uh, then, then you risk it crying. That's pretty shitty. I mean, yeah. Did they just find that baby? No. I don't think the baby was ever found. No. Okay. No. It's like, they didn't find it dead. No, anything, and I don't, right? I don't even could think you, they could you imagine? Could you imagine, though, if, like, someone did, like, an ancestry DNA sort of deal, and they were like, it comes back, and they're like, Charles Lindbergh, father. You're like motherfucker. What? <laughs> Your grandfather's Charles Lindbergh. What yeah. the fuck? Like, like the guy went and stole the baby and just raised it as his own. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, chances are that's probably what happened. Most people don't want to kill babies. If you're gonna uh, kill, I mean, that yeah, it, it could have been that the whoever kidnapped the baby, his wife had a miscarriage or something. Well, I don't know if it was that. I'm, I'm sure it and was. I know. Motivated by money. Well, wasn't I know. Like a, wasn't like yeah, because there was a shit? ransom and everything. Yeah, but I'm sure they didn't kill a baby. Who fuck? No one does that. No, nobody does that. Especially back then, like in the 20s and 30s. Like, that wasn't really. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really think about that. To be fair, I'm not saying it didn't happen because right. it we definitely don't know. did but happen. But we don't know what happened. I'm like 99% but sure Bird it actually wasn't Admiral Bird who did it. But we don't know. We don't know it wasn't him. We can't prove it was No. A little over a month after Lindbergh completed his historic flight, Bird took off with his crew, minus Bennett, who was still recovering from his injuries. One day later, Bird and his crew made it to Paris but they were unable to land due to weather. Bird had to circle back to Normandy, where they crash-landed near the beach with no casualties. Wow. So, I can't remember which beach it was, but it was one of the beaches of uh, D-Day. I was going to say. It wasn't, it wasn't, I know it wasn't Omaha, but it, but was, it was one of the other, you know, less important fronts. Beaches, that was, okay. Which, to be fair, again, not to minimize what happened on D-Day, but, like, <laughs> Omaha was the big one, all right? Omaha and was it, the what, big one. And it wasn't that one. It was so, one of the other four. It was Versermere. Yeah, but it was one of the codenamed ones. Oh, was, okay. They, they, it said the code name. I just didn't write it down. Oh, it oh. gotcha. Yeah, I just I just looked it up and like I see a photo of the wreckage and all that stuff. Crazy. It's also crazy that there were no no casualties. So that's good. Yeah, Everybody like nobody survived. even nobody even injured. I mean, there's they're like, oh, this we guy. fucking crash landed on a beach. I can't imagine like landing your works well on a beach. Right. <laughs> well, obviously, sand, you're like, yeah, obviously, it didn't they crash landed, but yeah, like, those, and like planes back then, like, if you crash land today, you're probably gonna die. And we're like, these are the safest planes that you know we've ever had, 
100 years ago, these planes were not safe. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, they're like, you're lucky you have a lap belt on in this fucking thing. <laughs> like, true, true. Seats were all fucking metal. Like, there was no insulation <laughs> on the inside. You're cold as fuck in there. You had to have, like, oxygen masks and heavy jackets because there was no fucking insulation or pressurization. Like, fuck. Bird and his crew were hailed as heroes in France, with Bird being made an officer in the French Legion of Honor by the Prime Minister. The awards and commendations did not end there, though. When they got back to the United States, Bird and his crew were awarded the Distinguished Flying Cross. Two of the crew did not receive the awards since they were not in the military. Well, that's shitty. Right? I mean, they should have gotten something. We yeah. were there. Yeah, they were still they still crash landed with him. Like they were still like, involved. You're cool. You're cool. You're cool. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah. You're yeah. cool and fuck you. Yeah, get bent, <laughs> losers. So if they weren't military, why were they there? Well, they still had knowledge in aviation. I'm assuming. Yeah, that must have oh, been. Nice. I mean, I, I'm imagining like he just grabbed, or something. I'm assuming he didn't just grab two buddies and was like, "Ah, oh, come on, guys!" Like, yeah, I'm sure they they <laughs> had. <wanna> fly? <laughs> they were. I'm sure they were ex-military who were involved in the Navy aviation units at some point and then just retired. We were probably working in private air. He wasn't just like, "We're gonna fly a plane." She, you wanna come with us? She. Yeah, with his belt like up that. to his nipples, you know, like <laughs> his corn cob pipe. Wow, wow. <laughs> Uh, in 1928, Bird set his sight on the Antarctic. He took two ships and three planes and set out. His flagship was the city of New York, but was more famously known as the Samson uh, when when it was in the area of the Titanic as it was sinking. So it was one of the ships that like got the distress signal or didn't get it or, you know, like when there was a like, confusion of the Titanic trying to reach out to the other ships in the area. And the Samson was like, I don't know. Do we help? Do we not fucking help? What do we do? And then they, they ended up helping, I think. But they only obviously found the rescue boats. Kind of funny that, that we brought that up about the Titanic because today is the 110th anniversary of the sinking. Oh, that's actually funny because I was just looking at my Facebook memories earlier today. And it was like, oh, I'm watching Titanic for the first time on the anniversary of its sinking. I should have fucking remembered that. Good call, yeah. Michael. We talked about but you're pulling, Titanic But you're pulling that today. out of your ass. Like, that's pretty We impressive. also were watching Titanic earlier we were, today. We yeah. were going to watch it. <laughs> ah, and we talked about the prop scene and everything. All right, I guess we need to add Titanic to the list. It's, it's definitely a fucking I, topic. My kids aren't old enough to really do anything. Like, they can feed the dog. That's about it right now. <laughs> It's fucking horrible. Yeah, because he's so fucking big, he'll just eat him. The dog is pretty big. He's, <laughs> he's fucking massive. In case uh, Michael and Steven, you guys don't know, I have a, a great, he's a Great Dane St. Bernard standard poodle. He, he he looks like an overgrown Irish wolfhound. So he's, That's a big dog. He's a huge dog. My kids could literally ride. If I've got a saddle, they could ride him. Standing on his hind legs, he might be taller than me. And I'm 6'5". Sorry, we're way off track now. They made it to the Ross Ice Shelf and set up a base camp, which they called Little America. Oh, how patriotic. As soon as the camp was set up, the men were out exploring, using everything from snowshoes, dog sleds, snowmobiles, and airplanes. You, I would be really pissed off if they were like, all right, John, um, here's some snowshoes and some shitty goggles and head south. And then they're like, um, <laughs> hey, Jacob, you hop in the airplane with me. We're going to go take a ride. I'd be mad as fuck, dude. Yeah, I'd be like, uh, nose goes, I get the plane. Right, like, are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? Like, why I gotta take the snowshoes out? I don't want the tennis rackets. Like, this is some oh, shit, man. No. Fuck that. Tell me you want to, like, do, a, like, a dog sled? Mm. I mean, dog sled would be I. I think dog sled back then might be better than the snowmobiles. True. Your dogs probably aren't going to break down. <laughs> snowmobiles in the 30s or 20s you know might not be in the best fucking shape to be running that long all right fosters number two 
Coming out. Burden, Burden has men spent the summer taking photos and working on geological surveys and maps, but had to cease operations for the winter. I'm not sure if they stayed or went home during winter. I personally couldn't see if they went home. Imagine they stayed just based on the cost of having to like leave. Yeah. How expensive that shit would be just in like fuel alone back then. Once winter had passed, Bird was ready to fly to the South Pole. On November 28, 1929, Bird, along with pilot Bernd Balchin, co-pilot and radio operator Harold June, and photographer Ashley McKinley, set out in the Floyd Bennett, plane named after the man that had accompanied Bird on his previous mission to the North Pole. They made it to the South Pole in a little over nine hours, but they were having a tough time maintaining altitude, so they tossed their empty fuel containers and emergency supplies out of the plane to lighten the load. All told, all told, the you journey that took... shit? No. Okay. Anyways, all told, the journey took them 18 hours and 41 minutes. Wait a minute, Stephen, are you and I the only ones that ever heard someone explain shit? Like, all told, you know, yeah, it took 35 yeah. men to do this. Like, Yeah, I've literally never heard that type of phrase before. Uh -oh. John yeah. says it a lot, so I've gotten used to it. Oh, he also God. says, can you imagine after you get done talking? So, yeah, Dude, I say, that, that I say that a lot, and I catch myself saying, I catch myself saying, right? All the yeah. time. <laughs> right so every time i say it i'm like i'm gonna smack myself <laughs> all told is also like in total in total yeah, yeah. in all okay yep. Yep. that's i Look, think i grew up i Jacob, think i, grew up I learned like something my... new on the podcast too it, it happens man you know <laughs> wait Except Stephen, i think that mine was more significant learning than yours true hang on steven where are you from again uh i grew up here in fort collins colorado all right so maybe that's that doesn't make any sense. You're pretty far away still. <laughs> but remember, I was, my I, was saying, maybe it's more, I was like, well, yeah, but I'm from California. So I was thinking maybe it's more like a West Coast sort of deal. It could be a West Coast thing, too, because that's it might, just, born, it might just be I was born in California. We lived there till I was seven. There you go. That's it. The California thing. So it could be that. Could be Possibly. West Coast thing. I'll just oh, have fun with your all told thing there. On December 21st, 1929, Bird was promoted to Rear Admiral completely skipping over the rank of captain and becoming the youngest person to ever be promoted to admiral at the age of 41. Bird and his team would explore for one more summer before returning to the United States in 1930. That's crazy. I was also promoted to rear admiral, but not for the same reason. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus fucking oh Christ. God. That comes out of fucking left field. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I was Golly. like, wait, you were in the... Nope. You're like, oh, <laughs> wait a minute. All right, I get what he's saying. I get what You're he's welcome. saying. You're <laughs> welcome. Were you about to ask him to explain? Nope. <laughs> no, Jacob. I think Jacob was, because then he's like, no. never mind, I got it. No, no. I, in my head, I was like, wait, he was in the fucking Navy? Oh, uh, oh, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> got it. Got it. The booty yeah. joke. Yeah. <laughs> Because we're gay. Yeah, for those of you that don't get it, like, Michael spells it out there. He just tells you. Yeah. You hear my really funny, terrible, speaking of booty, I know this is getting us off track, but you want to hear one of my favorite pirate jokes of all time, which I wish I should have been here for Blackbeard because it would have been perfect. Yeah, go, absolutely. All right. What's a pirate's worst nightmare? Oh. Our two sunken chests and no booty. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, John. I don't, I don't like that I laughed at that. Terrible, terrible pirate jokes. Ooh, I just almost. That, belong, that belongs in like the Laffy Taffy jokes. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, in there with that. Yeah, or like the, like the popsicles that have like the question. Yeah, on, you gotta like finish the, the popsicle yeah. to get the fucking yeah. answer. Exactly. Uh, I said one of those to my wife the other day and she almost divorced me. 
sure that's probably an everyday occurrence. Oh, that's me. Almost. When Bird returned to the States, he had become one of the biggest celebrities in the country. And this opened even more doors for Bird than he had before. He used his old friendships with the powerful and famous to meet even more powerful and famous people. After rubbing elbows with America's most wealthy and elite citizens, he was able to gain financial support for further expeditions where Byrd would go on to name several important regions and landmarks after his new friends. That's a fucking loyal dude. He is. Well, but I he think he was with the enemy. At least we well, thought he was, yeah. but he wasn't. Yeah, so that, that burnt Balchin guy we talked about, the, he talked yeah. all kinds of shit. He's like, he never went to the North Pole. Fuck that guy. He didn't make it. And then Bird's like, hey, man, you want to come with us to the South Pole? And he was like, yes, please. And he's like, uh, yeah, that sounds great. He's like, <laughs> I, volunteers I, I tribute. Would, exactly. He's like, I would love to. <laughs> well, and we're he, he's flying in the plane named after the dude that fucking died. Like, that went that he called him, out. That he, that he called out. He's like, he's like, this guy told me they didn't make it. He, he's like, I'm going to fly in his plane. It's cool. Well, like, mean, God is definitely not going to hit me with a lightning bolt. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if somebody came up to me and was like, hey, you want to go to the South Pole with me? I'd be like, Hell yeah. Well, I'd be like, do I got to pay for anything? What's the cost? <laughs> no, no, see, the, the equivalent of sounds expensive. No, no, no yeah, see, the, the equivalent of going to the South Pole then today would be like Elon Musk coming up to you and be like, hey, man, you want to hop in one of these SpaceX things? Like, that's the equivalent today. Because, like, going to True. the South Pole True. then was fucking unheard of. But yeah, you, you're either going but, with Bezos or fucking Tesla and his shit now. Like, that's what still, that is. Still, I would like to go. And look at so, what? A bunch of fucking like ice? Out of Midland. If we, if nice. we have yeah. any listeners that <laughs> have connections to go to Antarctica, count me in. That is all Michael. It's all Michael. I want nothing to do with that yeah, shit. I don't like cold weather, so it's just... I, you know what? I've seen Alien versus Predator. I don't want any part of it. Hey, if we have any listeners that want to go to Fiji, just count me in. Samoa, <laughs> Tonga, one, one of those places. Ditto. Virgin <laughs> Islands, Hawaii. Virgin Islands, I'm fucking down. down. I mean, I'll down. go to any of those places too, but I want to no, say that you. I went to Antarctica. <laughs> you picked you picked Antarctica. You don't you get to yeah. go. I want to say that I've been to every continent. I would like to say that I've been out of the, you know United States and you went to hey, Fiji's. You I'm, could I'm you could just it. fly Jacob over Britain and be like, hey, we found New Zealand. I'll fuck so you, like, John. Hey, Jacob, <laughs> look out the left window. You see that? There's down there? New Zealand. That's New Zealand. Is that Egypt? <laughs> is that Egypt? You see those pyramids fly, down there? We'll That's fly Africa. Jacob over Vegas and be like, hey, look down there. There's the Eiffel Tower. There's the pyramids. Like, there's all of it. I'm going to shoot you all. We'll fucking just knock it out <laughs> in one, t- one trip to Vegas. Listen, man, I went to an alternative school and I paid my way through it, all right? So I might not be the brightest, but I can get my shit done, okay? You're great, Jacob. You're doing great. You're doing great. But anyway, so back to the whole, like, wealthy citizen <laughs> thing. Well, Stevens gives out compliments. Let's get back to it. <laughs> back on track now. Yeah, Jacob's getting big-headed now. So, uh, but this is, like, shit that happens today, right? Like, yeah. rich people, you know, give money to somebody, and then they go do something, basically do something for them, name it after them. And that's how, like, shit's happening. Like, the, there's places on the moon named after rich people, right? True. Yeah. That's like, they max. named, I mean. Yes. I have a star in the sky named after me. Well, that's also a thing. Like, yeah, you can fucking name stuff. Who the fuck gets to name it? You probably named some galaxy's life source after yourself. And they're like, no, no, fuck Michael. (laughs) This is our son. Like, this is how we survive. And Michael thinks he gets to name it after himself. Mm -mm. And Michael's like, I have a piece of paper. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I have. think there's some alien. Think there's some alien fucking billions of light years away named like. He's fucking named after he took the son's name. He's like, oh yeah, that's my son. 
That's my star. I mean, I I'm even a lord in Scotland. True. So yeah, you own you own a piece of fucking like swamp waste. No, I I own one square foot of land thanks to my brother who bought it for me. Yeah, that that land is fucking swamp waste. Like it's not it's not like yeah. That's no, I wish it's a oak. They probably sold the anybody same plot, plot like five fucking times. Already. No, 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 no. Like it is, tree. it is an actual plot. It is an actual plot, but it's literally at like a dump. It's, it's not like a nice, you know, like no. No, actually, the, the one that no, that's I have, it's a hoax. The one that I have is actually like in nice land. It's just in the middle of trees. They like fence your shit off and say like this is Michael's right. fucking and plot. No, they, no, they probably no. sold your same plot five fucking times. To other hey, Michael, people. And the the star like, it's own, not your plot. It's just like yeah, you'll buy, you'll pay for it. Fuck it. The star Scotland hasn't imploded either. Oh wow, what, what man? That's so impressive. It's on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> they, all they do is like wipe the name out and change it to somebody else's name exactly that's that's all they do is like oh, somebody fine. Else bought them. i'm still a fucking lord okay yeah I'll, I'll give it to you you're still a lord i'll you give it to like you seven other people on that one square foot hey man that's he's fine. got more land in scotland than you do or i do so and just so shit. you know scotland is very near new zealand that's low practically so low. neighbors <laughs> practically hey God if it wasn't it. if it wasn't for hadrian's wall it'd be the same country all right guys well it was it was nice like meeting you guys and hanging out but i mean so what oh, are you just gonna quit nah, just kidding, last time? off the camera <laughs> hey boo boo how about a picnic basket <laughs> michael's not gay boyfriend michael's not gay boyfriend is all about the rear admiral position <laughs> that's the fucking best title we can have we have to you know that's who you are on this show <laughs> yeah the rear admiral I fucking the, love the rear admiral, admiral. <laughs> I'll just get my own t-shirt that says that. Oh, that's what we could do. We could make individual t-shirts. <laughs> the rear yeah. admiral. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. The I think you're right. Like. There is there's this one time. This whatever. We're already here. Um, we're in it. Uh, there's this one time. Uh, I was like, I, know, I like this, that one. That one's badass. Yeah, that one's cool. Yeah, I was I just showing you the price. Talking this story, and one of these girls overheard it. So she like i didn't even know it she came in to give me a hug and she's she put a sign on my back and it just said gut puncher and i'm like at work oh no and like it is during the pandemic so we're just doing to goes so the phone rings i answer it and i'm getting ready to run this food out to this car she goes wait come here come here come here come here come here oh my (laughs) god gut puncher puncher. (laughs) because of the stupid story i was telling she's like oh yikes she overheard it and she thought it was hilarious i was like you're the worst i think that's funny oh it's so funny because it's like a good friend of mine so it's not out of the ordinary that she would give me a hug you know right right right. i wouldn't suspect anything getting the whole middle school fucking thing on the back of your shirt yeah that's different yeah she's like come here like i've seen you and she's like hugging me she's like (laughs) yeah so smooth so suave. I'm like, oh, that's great. Four years later, Bird was back in Antarctica where he spent five months by himself in a meteorological station <laughs> after some strange radio communications from Bird to the main base camp one night. Three men were sent to investigate what was going on. Harsh weather conditions delayed them leaving camp until morning. When they finally made it to Bird's location the next day, they found him dying from carbon monoxide poisoning, which he may have gotten from a faulty stove or heater in the building where he was stationed. So he's on the fucking radio just being fucking babbling you know talking about nonsense and gibberish peeing on himself and they're like something's not right with that guy like he doesn't normally talk like that he's escaped so death many times right like yeah. he's, oh, he's a badass and they're like he sounds fucked up <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, they couldn't get to him for a day, basically. They get there, and he's, like, laying on the floor, fucking dying of carbon monoxide poisoning. Imagine if they were like, man, he's got some good shit. Let's go, let's go see what like, drugs he's they're on. They're like, hey, what does he have there? Let's go get some for ourselves. Then they show up, they're like, oh, no. Oh, man, he's <laughs> dying. Just shivering. Just... Damn it. Yeah. Damn it, no mushrooms. <laughs> After a few days of recovery, a small plane was sent to bring Bird and the doctor back to the main base camp. There was not enough room for the other two men that had been involved with Bird's rescue, so they had to drive the tractor back to the base. Oof. That's so shitty, man. You know, like <laughs> back then, these, these aren't like modern combines, like, you know, with heaters in them and radio and shit. Like, this is an open cab bulldozer, probably. And they're like, hey, man, we know it's <laughs> negative 15 degrees Fahrenheit, but you're going to drive that thing at three miles an hour all the way back to base camp. <laughs> probably with like See a, in uh, three days. mile hour wind. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> See you in three days. Hope you don't die. <laughs> Oh, it's like the movies where they have like all the the ice in their beards and their face and shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little bit of Jack Nicholson or yeah, Jack yeah. I was, I was thinking the shining, the shining, the shining. <laughs> the shining. <laughs> he was barely alive in 1938 while visiting Hamburg, Germany. Admiral Byrd was asked to join a German expedition to Antarctica. No doubt the Nazis had big plans for Antarctica, but Byrd declined the invitation, most likely because he was a proud American and not a Nazi. <laughs> again that's that's just my speculation but as someone who served in the military for this long and fought against the germans in world war one i'm assuming like, he was not on board with their shit they're like hey come join us he's all nah, <laughs> nah. he's like this looks like a all. bad idea it's like that spongebob meme all right i'm gonna head out <laughs> exactly I'm head out. yeah yeah <laughs> Now I'm going to head out. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Nazis. Fucking Nazis. Fucking Nazis. Uh, Doesn't your mom say Nancy? Nancy? My mom? Yeah. Probably. I think she calls them Nazis. Yeah, that is a way that a lot of people said it. Dad, my mom. Hearing you talk and all your accents, it sounds like that's the way you say it, too. Nazi. Nancy. (laughs) Nancy. Nancy's. My mom, we used to tease her all the time. She'd be like, kids, you better go wash the dishes. And we're like, uh, mom, question. Oh my God. <laughs> question. My, it's, uh, you know, it's really it, weird. My dad went through a phase of saying wash, and it was like, you've never said that before. Like, where did that, you're 45 years old. Where did that come from? My grandma said wash. We te- we used to tease my mom all the time. We'd be like, hey, mom, if you wash the dishes, do you wash it, God? Oh, man. <laughs> she gets so mad. But it's different. Like, if, I'm if spank you, your if ass. You, if you grew up saying it, then it's not no. necessarily wrong. But if you no. start saying it at 45, True. you know it's she wrong. She says a lot of weird well, shit, and, though. I, I, mean, I love her, but... Was your, your dad was born in I California? Her, <laughs> yes, my dad was born <laughs> in Northern California. Okay. Fucking not Southern See, at yeah. all. Well, like... So his mom was born in Texas. Yeah, grew up in Texas. Right. So my so grandma I can was see... born in Worland, Wyoming, and she said Warsh, too. So I, I feel like Warsh is a Midwestern sort of deal that could be too that's that sounds like a mid the following year bird uh was back in antarctica for his third expedition but this time he was with the u.s government his stay was cut short in march of 1940 when the navy recalled him to active duty to prepare for world war ii and here we fucking go two wars oh, back shit. to back he's in them are you uh like at this point, are you just like cocky walking into your second world war or you're like man oh man well, you've got it got to be in the first world war they were like hey man nobody knows how to fly these planes can you go figure yeah. it out and then show yeah. other people 
you, you got shitty, shitty weapons. You got planes that no one knows how to fly. And, right. And, and, and our airplanes were like, I know that we kind of like, no, we didn't necessarily start that, but like, you know, Marshall, was it Marshall and Wilbur? I know it was. Orville, uh, Wilbur? Orville, Orville and Wilbur. Orville, Orville yeah. and Wilbur, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Orville and Wilbur at Kitty Hawk. We should do yeah. an episode about that. Um, should know more about that, too. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, they were like, hey, this is a fucked off plane. And they flew. They didn't fly very far, but they flew. But, but they flew. They flew. So I think we kind of like claim credit for that. Yeah. I think we're like, we were the first in flight or whatever, whatever state yep. that is. Um, Iowa? North Carolina. Oh, that was far off. Well, they got Geography, not too. my strong suit. There we go. Me either. Don't they also have black? They have Blackbeard and First in Flight. Damn. Yeah, just north of where Blackbeard died. Actually, I know. Isn't that fucking? That's ridiculous. Wild. Spoiled ass state. Where the fuck was I going? Oh, their plane. Our planes were shitty in the war. Like yeah, Germany had planes. Like they had the Red Baron. Yeah. You know, like they were Germany's top notch aeronautics. Like they were yeah. good. The RAF, obviously, you know, they were second best. But I think there are more of them. So, oh, speaking of that, if anyone has not seen the movie Flyboys, you should watch it. Fucking yeah, badass. I guess I'll watch it. No, never seen it. You, wait, hang on. Have any of you guys seen that movie? I've nope. seen it. I have not. Okay, you've seen it. Great fucking movie. You should definitely watch it. Super sad, but <laughs> really good. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. Not, spoiler, a, not a happy No, it's movie. not a spoiler It's a fucking World War One movie. It's going to be sad. <laughs> People die. Like, what do you think Dunkirk, happened? The happiest I watched, movie I've ever seen. I, okay. I <laughs> just watched a movie, which just the title the title should have given it away straight away. It was called Journey's End, and Ooh. it was about... World War One. it was literally the days leading up to the German spring offensive, which is like the biggest attack of World War One. Yeah, and then it happens and they all spoiler, they all die. Everybody and I was dies. like and I was like, Oh, that's really sad. Then I was like, Oh, journey's end. The fucking I should have known when I turned the movie on, they're all gonna die. That's the way they're uh, all gonna die. They're all just gonna die. Like the boy in the striped pajamas, you're like, who oh, wears striped Jesus. pajamas? Oh, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. If you want to just ruin your life for a month straight? Go watch that movie, and you're just you're gonna be depressed. I mean, you're gonna have to like call your doctor, get on meds. I mean, that's I know it's it's so it's fucked up. Like, it's a fucking crazy movie. World, yeah, but anyway, World War One, way worse weaponry on our end, and somehow we still exactly. Managed, They're so. like, hey man. We're terrible at this, but we need you to train these guys. Like going into World War II, I'm sure Bird was like, "Boom, I got this." <laughs> sorta. We were still really behind the eight ball in like our production and everything. True. We were we were yeah, not prepared. We collect, like, is this the war where we had to collect like all the metal and stuff from? Yep, because we yeah, we were right. doing the whole isolationist shit. We were like, Hitler is your problem. We want none right. of it. And then Japan Man. was like. They were like, hey, you're helping the British. Like, you're you're helping them, but you're not giving us shit. And we're like, well, yeah, because you guys are literally raping everyone in China. So and then, and then, Japan, then Japan was like, we're fucking bomb Pearl Harbor. And we were like, all right, and that's, that's it. it. It was like, that's all right, it. we're in. <laughs> like, that's it. Yeah. That's it. And here no more we of this. go. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. One, two, three. Boop. <laughs> like, that's it. We were in. Like. We're in, all in. Hey, y'all were saying that we didn't like have good weaponry in World War One. Yeah. No, it wasn't necessarily our weaponry. weaponry. It was just that we weren't it's more about planes and stuff. Well, oh, okay. we had planes the same kind of guns, but we we were behind the times when it came to like we we didn't we didn't want to join it, so we weren't prepared to join it. So we had the Wright brothers planes, and we were like, yeah, mount some machine guns on it. And call people it a were, day. Yeah, people were like, "What are machine guns?" What? what? <laughs> you know what I mean, like most people had bolt action rifles back then, or you know, pump action stuff. But we didn't. 
machine guns weren't a thing. Like literally when the French went World War One changed warfare. When the French went really to battle did. in World War One, they were still dressed up like Napoleon soldiers. Literally, you can go look at pictures. They had bronze oh, yeah. and golden chest plates. They had big hats with feathers in it. Like they went in like they were in the 16, 17, 1800s, like riding horses and cavalry and shit. They came out of the <laughs> trenches and the Germans were just like <laughs> thousands of them in a second. Nobody was prepared. And then we joined three years into the war. And, you know, every other country was like, hey, guys, you can't just run out of the trenches in a straight line like the Civil War. Like they'll kill all of you. We were like, we hey, we got it. Pipe down. All right. And then we did it. And they America. fucking killed hundreds of thousands in like months. <laughs> and the Americans were like, the fuck happened? <laughs> like what? What happened? <laughs> we had no idea. We were just so basically it wasn't that we had shitty stuff. We were just behind the times we and prepared. We weren't prepared for it. Well, and we just, we just went in thinking we have men, we have stuff, go for it. But it wasn't that way either, though. Like, we had the fucking Model 97 shotgun when Germany, like, literally tried to, like, say, we're banning this shotgun in the war. It's like, bitch, this is fucking war. Well, they did a lot of that stuff. They wanted to ban airplanes. I forgot who it was, but somebody wanted to ban airplanes, which it might have <laughs> it might have been Germany or Russia. Somebody was like, hey, we don't like this aircraft shit. Like, this, that's not cool. <laughs> we, don't, we, don't, we don't have this technology. You can't use it. And they this were like, sucks. fuck off, man. Wars are nuts, man. War, like, they're yeah. really fucking wild to like that's So the, the Model 97, I have one made in 1908. But like knowing that they were like, hey, man, you can't use this during the war. It's just it's killing our guys. Like, yeah, that's the whole point yeah, of the it. Trench gun. <laughs> we're at war. Trench gun. <laughs> we're at war, bitch. <laughs> Yeah, war's crazy, to, man. How do we get to this shit? We're talking about World War II. Right, yeah, I know, but we're back on World War One and our technology yeah, well, in World War well, I. Like, well, y'all, you were talk, we were talking about how, like, back in World War One, we weren't as advanced. Oh, how, how like, Bird had to World fucking work his ass yeah. off to train people in World War yeah, One. Yeah, yeah. So World War Two, he's like, all right. He's feeling a little more. We like, got it. Too. We fucking yeah. got it. Yeah. Uh, the rear admiral. The rear admiral. The gut puncher. <laughs> I'm uh, the youngest admiral in history. I'm a fucking gut puncher. <laughs> But get these Nazis in the gut. Which is also kind of a bummer for Bert, right? Because he's like about to go back to Antarctica. He's like, I got this. Expedition number three. And they're like, nah, you're going to war. Yeah, they're like, like mm-mm. Come on. During the war, Bird served as a confidential advisor to Admiral Ernest J. King before he joined the South Pacific Island Base Inspection Board, where basically they would scout and survey small islands in the Pacific that could potentially serve as airstrips during or, or refueling stations. So for people like Jacob who are not great with geography in the Pacific, there's a whole bunch of little tiny islands that they're really they're not good for anything else like they're not defensible you can't put people on them really they're literally only good for planes to land on them refuel and leave again so they're just kind of like takeoff points and like mid-range fueling stations for for long-range missions so whoever controls those those bases though controls the pacific essentially so his job is to go ahead and be like, oh, this island is going to work for a run. We, we can land, refuel, circle back, and take off from this. We need to hold this island. That was, that was a really important job for him to have. Bird was present on September 2nd, 1945, when the Japanese surrendered to the United States. He was also awarded the Order of Christopher Columbus by the Dominican Republic and the Legion of Merit twice for his service during the war so is the order of christopher columbus a racist medal no it is i'm just curious people's but... day okay but christopher if... columbus day anymore 
I just I'm saying. No. So in, in 1945, the people of the Dominican Republic who were brutalized by Columbus. Do you think people who were native to that area are like, yeah, we love giving that medal out. Like we really enjoy celebrating that motherfucker. You should have a medal. Here, <laughs> have a medal in his name. Yeah, right. Like that's their t- that's their fucking medal of honor. They're like, it's it's this dude that fucking brutalized and enslaved all of our people. Yeah, I mean, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> yikes <laughs> times have certainly I, I mean literally from when i was a kid it was like christopher columbus is a fucking hero yeah so just a few years later you're like oh my god he was oh, horrible he yeah, you, look at, you look at everybody back in the day and you look at shit back then and you're like oh that's like a in the 40s you would have been like the christopher columbus medal like that's that's pretty cool you put that up you know in a frame on your wall somewhere nowadays you're like we're gonna hide that in the sock drawer somewhere yeah we're gonna put that somewhere we're putting that away out like, of sight yeah you're like oh hey yeah grandpa also took that nazi flag you know we're gonna put that in the basement somewhere like, yeah, in the same spot right exactly <laughs> i mean we have a cousin that has one of the flags from the civil war that is like the rebel flag yeah but that, okay so uh, yeah Wellington i guess like, if, stole. You, if you yeah if you steal it that's one thing i don't know like <laughs> shortly after the war was over bird was back in antarctica but this time he came with the u.s navy they brought 15 ships including the uss mount olympus as the flagship and an aircraft carrier known as the uss philippine sea six helicopters six flying boats 15 planes and over four thousand men it's a lot so fuck it. I think this is the one that has. Oh yeah, two years later, the U.S. military produced a documentary about X-Men called Secret Land, which won Whoa, the Academy that's Award. My best line, doc- bitch. Probably the only one that actually <laughs> watched the whole documentary. So if anybody out there listening wants to watch this, it's on YouTube for free. Again, it's made in the 40s, so quality is not great. But it did win an Academy Award. So that's pretty but dope. It, again, Again, when you're watching it, though, you think this won the Academy Award. How shit were the other documentaries submitted? Because like, <laughs> like you look at things like people were a little bit more gullible back in the day. So like yeah. when they're, they talk about like when Richard Nixon went on there and he was like, I'm not a crook. You know, yeah. people were like, oh, he brings like his puppy out and everything. People were like, oh, what a good guy. Oh, he's a sweetheart. <laughs> they bought it. Right. So they talk about stuff on here and like you see things like they go and attack that like seven men like dive on a seal, beat the fuck out of it, fucking put it in one of those like dog catcher fucking rope things <laughs> with like the, on the stick and the, the noose and they fucking you know, drag it onto a net. They steal it. and They were like. Oh, well, he calmed down eventually. It was like, well, yeah, like eventually, I'm sure. But shit like that, they make it seem like the SEAL was like on board to go with them. <laughs> like it was it was like he was like, nice. I would love to go with the U.S. Navy, you know, shit like that. Like they do things. They they spin things like the spin you could put on things back then. And people would just be like, oh, that's great. Nowadays, people would be like that's not cool like not you're right. clearly lying and you know what i mean so 1945 they're like yeah best documentary ever <laughs> <laughs> nowadays I, about me watching it i i'm fairly like in the middle on shit and i was watching it kind of being like oh like that's not yikes i've said yikes a lot in this episode yikes yeah. that was a right <laughs> jinkies okay all right <laughs> <laughs> uh so since john just like went out of order and uh, I went out of order last... i felt it was important so yeah no yeah that's again that's because i'm probably the that's only cool. one that's that cool. watched no, the great. documentary are oh, you done you done yeah i'm good now you can you can yeah, read now we're good right? we're good all right cool
Just, just double checking. In 1955, Bird was made an officer in charge of Operation Deep Freeze, which established three permanent bases in Antarctica at McMurdo Sound, Bay of Wales, and the South Pole. Bird was only able to stay on for a week before returning to America. Only a year later, Admiral Byrd died peacefully in his bed at the age of 68. Probably that fucking carbon monoxide poisoning that did him in. <laughs> Seriously. I love that that was just like a blip. Like, yeah, yeah, you almost died of carbon monoxide poisoning. But then he went and fought World War II. Well, he, he did, like, so much other shit that, like, him almost dying, he almost died so many times. That, like, <laughs> one time of carbon monoxide, it was like, let's just fucking carbon monoxide. He's fine. Like, like He's, he's good. Cool. He's going to go fight World War II. It's fine. Yeah. Nobody He'll walk it off. Well, yeah, he did for a little while anyway. <laughs> At the time of his death, Bird had been awarded 22 citations and special commendations, including the Medal of Honor, Silver Life Saving Medal, Navy Distinguished Service Medal, Distinguished Flying Cross, and the Navy Cross, just to name a few. Again, this also, goes, this goes, sorry to interrupt you no, real quick. Real quick, this goes back to like John, the, I swear this to goes God. back to the Bible shit, like Genesis, where it's like fucking award Seriously. after award, and this begot this, and this begot yeah. just it would be again 22. You don't want to hear all 22 citations. You don't. I did. Okay? If you really want to learn all 22, you can Google it. It's Who there. something the Silver Life Saving Medal? That's to try to say that. When five you times jump past. into the ocean in full uniform twice, medal, you fucking earn it. Yeah, yeah. If he had done it a third time, the, the gold life saving medal. But <laughs> it was only two times. But it was only, it was twice. only two times. times. Yeah, exactly. He, he said third time. Fuck you. You're gonna drown. Yeah. Yep. Three strikes, you're out. Uh, he is also one of the only four American military officers to be entitled to wear a medal with his own likeness or image on it, joining Admiral George Dewey, General John J. Pershing, and Admiral William T. Sampson. That was also a lot to say. I so, know, and, and there was more on that, but honestly, it was really boring. And um, It's just like... So yeah, it's cool. I mean, how, but how many people get their own fucking medal to name? You know, obviously, fucking Columbus got one. Um <laughs> But I yeah, mean, but he wasn't alive to see it. He was not yeah. alive to see it, and he was a shitbag. So and he was dethroned later. In also, life, so. that motherfucker, he landed in the wrong place. <laughs> so true. Clearly, he navigating went, was not his went, strong suit. He went looking for Asia. He India. didn't find the right <laughs> place. I mean, technically, that was before they knew America was here. So he was going in the right direction. He still found the wrong place. <laughs> you found the wrong continent. <laughs> like, he missed it by a lot. <laughs> like, a lot, a lot. Well, I mean, like what Michael said, you, you pull America and then they fucking straight up. Children, and Christopher probably... Columbus sailed to Ocean Blue in 1492. And like, fuck off. <laughs> he was a piece of shit, and he failed. Hey, man, I wouldn't sorry be, to be here. Was Sorry that this so episode cool turned into it. from Admiral Byrd to shitting on Columbus. But, I mean, goddamn. <laughs> Back to the uh, medals. It. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Bird, I mean, gets his yeah, own fucking medal. Bird, cool. Bird got to wear a medal with his own likeness. I know. I got my own fucking medal. Like, how fucking like, that? This is my face, bitch. <laughs> hey, that's going to be you when you wear your rear admiral shirt. You're like, this, this is my shirt. Like, this, is mine. this is mine. We created I... this. <laughs> hey, you know how Disney hides fucking dicks and everything? What we got to do is on, like, the battleship or whatever, make one of the smokestacks into a penis. Easy. <laughs> All right, Steven, I'm gonna need a picture of your a, a picture of your dick so I can hide that in there. Yeah, it's gotta be you know no. true image. <laughs> curves, curves no. and all, whatever. Oh, well, Michael we'll go didn't on like Twitter that at and all. Send you one. Twitter. Like no one else gets to see this this junk. All right, I mean, fair. you can log on to our OnlyFans. We don't have an OnlyFans. Hey, I'm thinking yeah, about, he knows about Mason too. 
I'm thinking about making one since I got laid off. I'm thinking about making one or selling like foot picks. Just, you know, Everybody's seeing what happens. Nasty ass. Ass. I've, done I've done that. I've done that. Hey, you fucking don't know, Jacob. Dude, People line, are weird. Like, linemen have nasty feet. I know. Cross, I yeah, cross-country runners have feet, nasty too. fucking feet. Yeah, That's nobody wants your fucking you. foot picks, man. You don't fucking know that. No, there are some nasty fucking people out there. That's Look a hot that shit. Foot. Yeah, that's a, that's well, a dope ass fucking foot. And I'll show your fucking mangled ass toes and <laughs> you shit. No, it's no. not for it's not for you. It's not for you, Jacob. You're not my target audience. You you are not paying for. <laughs> exactly. I'll send you one, but it's not gonna do anything for you. It's for the fucking weirdo out there. All right. Yeah. I might. Yeah. Sure. Whatever you say, John. I'm saying it's not a big audience. It's just gonna be a weird, high-paying audience. You like that one dude in like fucking Wyoming that lives in the middle of nowhere and Yep. His name is Ed Gein. There you, I don't care what his name is. He can be a serial killer. It doesn't bother me. As long as I'm as getting long, paid. As long as I'm getting paid, he doesn't come here. We're cool. Bird has numerous schools, libraries, ships, and memorials named after him in the USA and New Zealand. Hey, I know where that's at. New Zealand. You know where it is now. I Fred fucking Tasman. know where that's at. Dude, it only took me like twenty five years. But Anyways, he has all that over there in the USA, New Zealand, uh, where he would start a lot of expeditions. He was inducted into the International Air and Space Hall of Fame in 1968. This dude can live, man. He's, dude, fucking he's New Zealand. Years New Zealand loves this guy. Fucking lot. Like, it's all blacks, and then it's Admiral Bird. No. Okay, probably not. But <laughs> they really like this guy. Um, <laughs> he literally would go there, and he would stay. All the people there that were working with him would stage there. And he would bring a lot of money and like international recognition to what he was doing, and New Zealand was a big part of it. And that, that they're a small country, so it really did help them out. But that was where he would leave from. In 1996, Bird's Diary of the North Pole Flight was released with records that were erased, but the indentions and faint lines were still visible on the pages. And it was shown that at 7:07, Bird recorded their solar altitude to be 19:25:30. But his official typewritten report stated at 7:07 their solar altitude was 18:18:18, meaning that Bird potentially only made it 80% of the way to the North Pole. Some people claim this was simply a mistake or that somebody else tampered with the diary. And I don't know what happened to my notes there. But basically what happened is people are saying that Bird wrote down while they were flying, they only made it about 80% of the way there. And he just went, you know what? I'm going to say we made it there, wrote it down. And then when they got back to camp, he fucking erased it all. And then on a typewriter went, nope, at 707, we were 18, 18, 18 at the North Pole. And then, you know, way fucking later, all this shit comes out that maybe he didn't actually make it to the North Pole and maybe Burnt Balkan was right all along. Maybe he was such a piece of shit saying, this motherfucker didn't actually make it there. Everybody the whole time was like, fuck you, Burnt! Like Like a remake of Maleficent. There we go. She was evil in the first, but she came back to have her own movie where she wasn't so bad. Burnt Balkan sounded like a villain. Turns out he might not have been a liar. But at the very least, Bird is still the first to have explored the North Pole by plane. So at this point, this is where we're going to start getting into some conspiracy shit. Okay? So if you only wanted to hear, like, the history stuff and you want to fucking pop out now, this is where you do it. Because we're going to get into some weird stuff at this point. The best parts. (laughs) I'm excited. It's the best parts. Don't tell them to check out now. Tell them to hang in. I'm not saying... 
I personally think you should hang in there. But if you only want to hear like historical air quotes facts, we're done. There's actually with this theory that we're going to talk about in a minute. If you go Google him and this theory, there's actually a really cool photo of it on Google. Believers in the hollow earth theory have pointed to Bird's expeditions as proof of the theory's validity, although none of his research or papers truly support this. However, one year before his death, Bird supposedly wrote a new diary claiming there was another world inside of Earth. Okay, so supposedly should have been in quotations, capitalized, fucking all the way through, italicized and in bold, because supposedly is a very, very key word in that. So there's no proof. There's no proof that it was him that did it. Anybody could have written this book, slapped his name on it, <laughs> and submitted it to a publisher and been like, we found this after he died. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it could have been like, we found this in the attic and a storage unit that he had somewhere. <laughs> like, there's no fucking proof it was him that did this at all. There's no proof. But it's got his name on it, and it's Thank got you. some fucking wild shit in it. Yep. You've seen that? Interesting. Yep. So you can get the you can get the book on Amazon. You can get it on um like the Kindle series. Whatever. It's like three dollars or whatever. But literally the pages inside of it, there's like nine words per page. It's oh, like hundred. Wow. It's like it's like 112 pages or whatever. But it's like a children's book. The pictures and the the words and the pages are so fucking huge. It, it could be done in like six pages probably. There's yeah. really no reason for it to be like that except they it's it's a money grab. That's all it is. Right. Yeah. In my in my opinion, anyway, that's what it is. Based on his other research papers and what he accomplished in life, I don't I imagine him writing fucking nine words per page and being like, <laughs> "This is the last thing I'm ever." <laughs> yeah. This is the last thing I'm ever gonna do in my fucking distinguished life. Hello, <laughs> <Follower> theory. <laughs> me, sorry, guys. Me personally, and I believe in Bigfoot, Loch Ness, monster, you know, aliens and shit like that. And I think you guys are fucking nuts. Fair enough. Just saying. <laughs> While Bird was out on his last flight with his crew, all their directional instruments in the plane started to go haywire and they could not rely on them to stay on the course they had charted. 30 minutes later, they flew over a small mountain range and found a lush green valley with rolling hills and a river running through it. Again, in fucking Antarctica. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. In Antarctica, where it's fucking snow and ice banks. Solid ice, yeah. Solid ice everywhere. And they come across this fucking lush valley with rivers and rolling hills. Like, it's like fucking Ireland in the middle of Antarctica. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, where are we at? Sounds like uh, it might not have been Antarctica. Sounds like it might be <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. Like he uh, took an old page from Bro, Christopher it, Columbus. Just... Bird then goes to say that the light is different where they are and the sun is no longer visible. They take the plane down in altitude so that they can get a better look in the landscape, noting that it looks like a uh, titanic grass and moss. Next, they spot something that looks like an, ele an elephant. What the fuck in the distance? In Antarctica? Yeah. What the fuck? Dude, he's still on that fucking carbon monoxide shit. There ain't no way, dog. There ain't no way he's in fucking Antarctica seeing fucking elephants and grass and fucking moss and all sorts. No. But as they get closer, they see uh, they see that it's really a, ma a mammoth. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, when Bird checks the external temperature gauge, it shows that it's really 74 degrees Fahrenheit in the... Yeah, no. This yeah. dude off his fucking rocker at this Man, point, it sounds like. There's no fucking bad. way. Maybe fucking carbon monoxide was leaking into the fucking cab of that plane, dude. Because <laughs> there, 
Yeah, yeah, it's the carbon monoxide, man. After a few more minutes of flying through the valley, Bird tries to contact the base by radio, but receives no response. About an hour later, they spot a city in the distance, and then they lose control of the plane. It seems as if it's being flown by some invisible force. Then they notice that two flying saucers with swastika-like designs on them have flown up on either side of the plane. Oh, God. And you thought fucking rolling hills and mammoths were fucking crazy. Now we've got not Nazis. It's always the now Nazis. Now we've got Nazi alien ships. I mean, yeah, it man, literally is always know. the Nazis. Have you seen Indiana Jones? It's always the yeah, Nazis. You don't, you don't know. Have, have, you seen, uh, have you seen Nazis at the center of the earth? Yep. <laughs> no. Oh, Jake, have you seen that movie? Yeah. Oh, no. I saw real Nazis. Oh, no, no, no. no. This is a movie. And <laughs> not a, not it's, a movie. It's literally like if. Remember, so you know in Futurama where they have the heads in the jars? Oh, yeah, yeah. So basically they did that with Hitler. They put his head in a jar and then they, <laughs> they put him in like, in like the Iron Man Hulkbuster suit. And it's like Hitler is fucking Hulkbuster. It's like, oh, it fucking goes crazy. And they're all in the center of the earth. That's <laughs> insane, dude. <laughs> it's a really shitty movie, but I think Gary Busey's kid is in it. <laughs> it's so bad. But it's honestly... It's worth the hour and a half of your time. <laughs> oh, man. So if you can find that movie, it's shit, but it's so... What's it called? Nazis, Nazis at the center of the earth. So if anybody out there listening, if you want to watch a terrible movie that you're going to laugh at for an hour and a half, please go find it where, wherever you can find it. It's on some streaming service somewhere. I'm positive of it. <laughs> please watch this movie. It's really shitty, but really great. A voice comes over the plane radio in English, but with a German or Nordic accent and tells them not to worry that they will be landing soon. Once they've landed safely, they saw many tall blonde men approaching them. Bird and the radio man are asked to come with the strange men. Once off the plane, they are put on a platform that moves by itself as if on a conveyor belt towards the city. Oh man, I can't. Fucking Aryan Brotherhood is like, we got this shit figured out. (laughs) Bird describes the city as being made of crystal and unlike anything he had ever seen. After being given an unknown hot drink in a room, (laughs) seen many a porn start that way, (laughs) Bird is asked to leave his radio man and come with a couple of the strange men. Definitely seen a porn like that. Definitely seen that go down in a porn before. Also, (laughs) Crystal City. We're off to see the wizard. The wonderful yeah, wizard of, of Middle Earth. Hollow <laughs> Earth. Hollow Earth, yeah. Here, take this unknown hot beverage and leave your radio man behind and follow these two hot blonde men into a secret room. Right, yeah. Oh, here, step, drink, drink this real quick. <laughs> and then follow us into a steam room. What are you, yeah. what? Just trust us, it's all right. Oh, just wear your socks we, don't make like, eye contact and say hey, oh, the, oh, we're the good. next part you've definitely seen in the porn so are we are we like going over conspiracy theories or are we making a script uh <laughs> both what, <laughs> what is this <laughs> both. <laughs> both we are we are open to suggestions all right people this is yeah what what is this podcast yeah. turning into guys well we see okay to, we're gonna uh, play it by ear Rear... It's the Rear Admiral podcast. Yeah, the Rear Admiral <laughs> podcast. And yeah. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. You're fucking diving in head first. Hey, yo. Uh, <laughs> Bird is then taken to a room where he is introduced to the master. 
Why do you say it like that? Because you have to. <laughs> yeah, because, it, because it's again, in, it's in we've quotes. all seen this kind of porn. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you want? How you want me to say it, Michael? How about how about I'll say it up to the quote, and then you say how you want to say it, right? Uh, okay. Bird is then taken to him where he's introduced to the master. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, no, there's no, there's oh no part of that God. that I want anything to do with. Oh, that's making the cut. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Lord. Oh, God. Oh, well, we've killed Jacob. Oh, my God. I can't. Oh, good night. All right. Oh, well, I am rethinking this relationship. <laughs> yeah. Bird is then taken to a room where he is introduced to the master. Uh, who looks like an old wise man. The master then tells Bird, we have let you enter here because you are of noble character and well known on the surface world, Admiral. He then tells Bird that he is in the domain of the At- Ariani, which is the inner world of the Earth. Yeah, this so shit's again, getting wild, son. Again, you thought a fucking <laughs> mammoth was nuts? Like, dude, this, this shit shit's is getting, getting fucking wild. It's getting wild. Oh, apparently, God. so apparently the Ariani were content to leave us alone until the United States dropped the nuclear bombs on Japan. After that incident, the Ariani decided they needed to investigate and potentially intervene because humans were now tampering with the power that was never meant for us. So they were like, yeah, you dipshits can live up there. It's cool. And then we were like twice on Japan and they were like, oh, hang on. <laughs> Time out. How'd you get this they're technology? Like, like, we don't we it? don't like this. Like, this is not good for you guys. Like, <laughs> black people can't even drink out of the same water fountains, and you have nukes. Like, that's like come not, on, now. Come yeah, on now. like that's not good. This is this is not going well. This is bad. <laughs> the Ariani claim to have tried to reach out to the government and sent two of their ships, which they called Lugarads. 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 That the government did not want to listen to them. And instead acted with hostility and tried to shoot them down. So, yeah, I think like, you know, Roswell. Yeah. Like we're seeing flying saucers. The military is like, oh, fuck, kill it. Can can you say the name again? Lugorads. Lugorads. You gotta say it in German. I know. You also kind of sound a little bit like Arnold Schwarzenegger there. It's got that that tongue roll. That's what it is. Lugorads. One more time. One more time. Uh, Okay, I've said it like eight times. (laughs) <laughs> the master the master <laughs> the Vintel's master. <laughs> the master Vintel's bird that world war ii was just a precursor to what was going to happen if the arianus warning was not heeded he told bird that the human race was doomed and that in a future war almost all humans would die and that only a few might survive but that when the time was right they would oversee the restoration of the human race after it had learned the futility of war says the fucking futuristic alien nazis basically that live underground, like live a, underground, yeah. In a in a second Earth. In a second Earth, yeah. Where they give you hot unknown liquid. Hot unknown liquid in a dark oh, room. Yeah, and, and then start talking to masters and shit. <laughs> Dude, damn, that uh, action, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, huh? whoa, where did that come from? <laughs> I think Michael's got something else in that cup over there besides yeah, the water. Yeah, what, what are you sipping on there, dog? <laughs> Bird was taken back to where his radio man was waiting, and they were both escorted back to their plane. Once back on the plane, they were carried back into the air by the same invisible force as before. After a few minutes, the invisible force seemed to go away and give power back to the plane. A voice came back over the radio from one of the Ariani pilots that was escorting them. 
We're leaving you now, Admiral. Your controls are free. Alfito's in. Yep, you got it. Alfito's yep. in, assholes. <laughs> German for goodbye. This is... We're not reading the same shit that we were before. This has gone way off the fucking rails, man. Yeah, yeah. it's yep. because it's a conspiracy theory. It's a huge conspiracy. Yeah, that's, that's kind of wild. Yeah, but it's it's, it's crazy. After he died, he lived this fucking crazy, like, amazing crazy, life. respectable, amazing life. And then people are like, nope. <laughs> like, conspiracy we're going to shit theory. on that. Yep. <laughs> Fuck his accomplishments. This motherfucker went to the center of the earth. <laughs> and found a second earth. And, and saw, yeah, and saw Nazi alien gods. Nazi alien gods. <laughs> On March 11th, 1947, Bird met with the Pentagon where he gave them the message from the Ariani master, the president of the United States. Dude, this is like a fucking bad movie. It's so it just bad. Kids. Just kids. I'm sorry. I missed that up. I laughed. Started <laughs> cool. laughing at you. This you wanted is... me to say master. No, I... <laughs> I, I was hoping you would. Maybe Steven should read it and you shouldn't say master. <laughs> no, I'm going to read it, and I'm not going to say master <laughs> like that. I think you should. I think you should. It's great. Th- just, like, read it so normal, and then whenever you say master, just dip it's into master. it, dog. That's, that's, that's it. Right oh, my God. Please, please do it. That'd be so great. <laughs> I got to quit laughing first. Jesus. <laughs> message from the Ariana master. <laughs> <laughs> Ariana master. Mm. Oh, what is that? Oh, all right, all right, all right. Chill out. Let's fucking do it. Okay. You got it. You got it. Mar- <laughs> Can you not? I'm not doing anything. On March 11, 1947, Bird met with the Pentagon, where he gave them the message from the Ariani Master. <laughs> I didn't like that at all. <laughs> that was amazing. Keep going. <laughs> Why'd you stop? <laughs> because I did not like that. Okay, take 547. <laughs> On March 11th, 1947, Bird met with the Pentagon, where he gave them the message from... <laughs> you want me to just finish it? You do that first line, I'll do the rest. No. <laughs> I got this. Sorry, I won't bite my lip that hard next time. On March 11th, Bird met with the Pentagon, where he gave them the message from the Ariana Master. The President of the United States was briefed on what Bird had told them. Before he was able to leave, Bird was detained and interviewed for over six hours by top security forces and a medical team. After this, he was ordered to remain silent and tell no one about what really happened. So then after that's when he wrote the diary, supposedly. So Bird supposedly wrote this the year before or right before his death. But from what I was able to find online, the book was not published until 1996. So for me personally, I don't think that to me, it seems kind of like bullshit. I mean, so is like the original that he supposedly wrote still in existence? I have I have no idea. I, I looked. I couldn't find it. I just saw the published date on that book was 1996. So well after he died. Yeah. Which which for me makes it seem like someone just wrote some bullshit for a conspiracy. Theory. They're like, I wonder what I could fucking do with this. Put his name on it. And they were like, here you go, world. You know, like I've heard of hollow earth theory before. Uh, I've never but given not it much necessarily thought, with his name attached to it. Like, like, yeah, I mean, I didn't know much about it. Like, honestly, like, what was that movie, King Kong versus Godzilla or whatever? And yeah, yeah, yeah. they fall into the 
you know, the Hollow Earth. That's where they put King Kong eventually. You fucking, know, let him and the lizard people life. that are fucking controlling the U.S. Like yeah, down there like, and shit. Like yeah, like I've heard like random stuff, but I've never paid any attention to it or really heed. So I've never. Right, this gives us a whole background. Like, like that's like, wild that like he does all this stuff in his life. Like he actually important, really, real really documented, shit. amazing, incredible, like crazy, awesome things. Achievements and then after that none he of us can ever get like a tenth of. And then after he dies, it's like, yeah, here's some batshit stuff that we found. Yeah, some <laughs> dickhead was like, wonder how much money I can make off of this, and like, see how many, wonder how many people I can just like completely fuck up off of this. Like, when it's like, let's for you know devil's <laughs> advocate's sake, let's uh, you know just say maybe he did write this. How old was he? Did he start to maybe go see now from that like carbon 60, monoxide poisoning? He'd have been sixty-seven at this point. You know, like was and again some, like, back then. Back then, like people didn't live as long, so right. And he had that carbon monoxide poisoning thing. So who's to say he wasn't going through dementia? And he's like, you know what? Right. Or I remember high, flying high altitude shit. Like when they didn't and have pressurization. Happened, and you know, like he's just like mixing up all this random right. shit in his head because he's he's confused. He's confused because he's old and he almost died of carbon monoxide poisoning. All right. So let's take a, let's take a vote. Did he? go to the center of the earth or was he just a fucking real american hero or both like where i raised my hand or both or yeah or both so i'm gonna say uh american hero did not go to the center of the earth yeah i'm i'm right there with you yeah i all right sure i agree all right so for nothing the (laughs) university of ohio has the original uh yeah great and so it wasn't found until 1996 in their archives. All right. They, they have, um, let me see if I can find it again really fit, quick here. It better be really quick because I'm seriously going to fucking piss myself. But I want to They have this. 523 cubic feet of, of like Admiral Byrd documents there. Interesting. Holy shit. So, so maybe he was. Wait going, a minute. I hang think... on. 523 cubic feet. That's 523 pages. No. No, that's, that's more than that. No, so 523 cubic feet. It depends. It depends on how you're measuring it. Are you measuring? So, fucking are you measuring like, 520 cubic feet? <laughs> so, because I've worked in a library. Hang so, nope, you're what, right. I'm pretty drunk. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Yeah, what you're, what they're measuring right. is like the shelves and yep. stuff like that. Okay. And yep. boxes and all that stuff that are on the shelves, books, all that shit. That sounds right. I was not even close. Yep. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to our take on Admiral Byrd. If you have anything that you want us to know, you can hit us up at historyuntapped at yahoo.com or you can reach out to us on Instagram, History Untapped, or our TikTok, which is also just History Untapped. Uh, we're going to be posting a poll and some questions after this episode on Spotify. So if you have anything that you want to put on there, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear it. Uh, thank you for listening. I hope you guys stick around to hear more from us. Thanks. Bye. Hey, guys. Real quick before we go, I just want to say that if you enjoyed what you heard today, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to your podcast. Also, we do have a merch store where you can get some cool shirts, stickers, posters, glasses, and mugs. Just head on over to historyuntappedstore.org to show everyone how much you love us. All music on this show is produced and performed by all good folks. Thanks for listening.